Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick, and our guest today is absolutely on fire. She is um, up there in like the top um, honors, like honorable people. Wait, well, I mean, she is an honorable person, but like, <laughs> okay, well, as a podcast host, you get access to all these people that normally would not talk to you. And so today we have Dr. Monica Berger on, and obviously I fangirled a little bit, right? Stumbling over my words in just even introducing her. It was, she's incredible. Um, one thing that I, because I've only ever seen her in a speaking mode, you know, where she's delivering to an audience. Holy cow, besides incredibly intelligent, um, this is, even though she is, um, a chiropractor and like amazingly smart about the brain. This episode is for really everyone. This is going to help with just like consciousness. It's a continuation of conversation around our fears and evolving as humans. Um, so beyond just absolutely brilliant, she's really, really kind. Um, and I don't mean that as a surprise, but just like there was this, just a really cool personality. Also, sometimes really smart people, they tend to lack in personality, not Monica. <laughs> she was very, very awesome. Um, okay, so we are going to kind of get right into it because this is a jam-packed episode. Let's start with reading a listener highlight, though. This one is titled Dynamite. Uh, from Dr. Rachel, and it says, grateful for this rock star doc, mama, and powerhouse lady for sharing her stories and life in such an open and fun way. It's the real deal for the ins and outs of a Cairo lady's life. If you ever feel alone in your journey, give her a listen to remember how connected we are. Thanks for slaying, Dr. Lauren. I love that because like in the geekiest way, you know, part of my learning to have more empathy for those that you know, have been with me for a while, you know that this is something I've been working on for two years. Um, and that's been one of the biggest things is seeing how connected we all are and how similar all of our struggles are. So yeah, thanks for, thanks Dr. Rachel for seeing that. Okay. So let's, let's talk about Dr. Monica Berger. So Dr. Berger graduated from Life Chiropractic College West in 1991 
She also has an undergraduate degree in exercise physiology from California State University, Fresno. She has enjoyed extensive postgraduate training in the areas of neurodevelopment, functional neurology, neuronutrition, and functional medicine. She currently has a private family practice in Ammon, Idaho, that is dedicated to serving those with neurodevelopmental challenges, neurodegenerative disorders, and chronic health issues. She is the pioneer in the chiropractic profession when it comes to working with children that have neurosensory and neurodevelopmental disorders. She is a contributing author to the textbook, Pediatric Chiropractic, Volume 1 and Volume 2, with chapters on pediatric history and physical exam, neurodevelopmental disorders, and sensory processing disorder. She has been lecturing nationally and internationally for over 20 years and is the founder of the Intersect for Life Educational Seminars, Mentoring, and Online Learning Academy with various CE classes focusing on functional neurology, neurodevelopment, methylation biochemistry, and functional nutrition. She also has collaborated with Dr. Heidi Havik on bringing online CE classes and mentorship programs to chiropractors with Havik Burger Seminars. Her newest exciting adventure is her Developing Mind Certification and CE program in Childhood and Adolescent Neurodevelopment, where she has brought 30 years of research, teaching, and clinical experience into one incredible program. And today, when I asked her, I said, what do you want to talk about? She said, I want to talk about slaying the amygdala. And as a chiropractor, obviously I knew what the amygdala was. Um, but just for your sake, I went and went research, like, what the heck is the amygdala? Oh, it's our fear center. And I was like, oh yeah, let's do this. So let's pray and jump into just a really great conversation. Dear God, thank you so much for people who are interested in research and how things work. Um, thank you for the work that they do. Bless it and their findings so that it can continue to shape the world and how we understand the beautiful creation of the brain. You know, when we talk about how little control we feel we have, how little much we understand, I truly believe in the work that she and other researchers do um, in helping us understand and that that is the keystone to kind of unlocking purpose and true love and empathy towards others and connection, um, connection with ourselves and realizing how connected we all, all are. Like you created this just web of love and innate intelligence from one person to the other. So in your name we pray, amen. All right, crew, here is Dr. Monica Berger and me slaying the amygdala. Okay, well, welcome to the show, Dr. Monica. Well, hello, thank you for having me. Yeah. So you don't worry, don't need to worry about offending me. It takes a lot, but like, have you ever listened to the She Slays podcast? I've listened to snippets, but I am going to, I am going to be honest. I did after you asked me to be on the show. All right. So you kind of know what you're in for type of thing. I love it. I was like, <laughs> this is my kind of gal. Yeah, uh, you've already been warned that I may accidentally interrupt you and I have already apologized like I respectfully never intend to, but I just don't trust my brain to remember if I have got a good question. I love your enthusiasm. Yeah, thanks. Um, so another question I didn't warn you I was going to ask, but uh -oh. I am getting and it's OK if you don't know the answer. Like, I'm sure that makes do you call yourself 
are you a researcher? Is it okay? Like a chiropractic researcher? What do you refer to yourself as? I refer a hodgepodge. What do you think? So um, as a hodgepodge person, uh, you probably feel very uncomfortable with, uh, I might ask a question you don't know the answer to, but have you ever heard of the Enneagram? And do you know what you are? No, I haven't. But what am I? I don't know. I don't know. So oh, anyway, yeah, I I thought, oh, by the end of the episode, I may have figured it out. Um, so it's kind of becoming a running joke that I have a, a very small obsession with the Enneagram. It is a very old, like personality profile, basically. And it's this idea that there are nine different types of people and it's very complicated so it's like it's one of the oldest ones because it's very complicated because it doesn't just put people in these boxes the reason i ask right away well it's twofold one because i always end up interrupting people going i'm sorry do you know your enneagram because they'll say something that's very like typical of a certain person or like number um but it is based on not behavior but motivations and fears so with our conversation today, I get it. I was like, I needed to know just right off the bat. Okay. So don't worry if I, it's yeah. Not it. I did do the number thing though. Like, you know, you take your birthday and everything and then you yeah. look at, yeah. What are, what's that? What's your numbers? Your I numbers? am a 41. So I'm, I'm a six as far as personality type. Okay. So I'm, yeah, I'm complex. I'm very, I guess I'm very, um, I, it's, it's not a common one and I'm complex. So, Hey, Hmm. so I guess I'm a hodgepodge of complex. Yeah. Um, it was funny. I was just talking to a patient this morning about astrology and like, I don't know, here's where I'm at on the hippy dippy scale. I love crystals. Uh I love essential oils, but I haven't necessarily, and I have sage and I will sage the crap out of my space when I'm like, ah, there's some negative energy in here, but I haven't gotten to the point of like doing moon, full moon ceremonies or putting my crystals in the moonlight. Now that doesn't mean I'm not going to move there, but like, so when it comes to astrology, I'm kind of in the like, I read the horoscopes, but I don't like base my life on them. And I was talking to a patient because he he's really into astrology. And he's like, when's your birthday? Because he was talking, he's like, oh, well, I'm a cancer. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Um, and as a doctor, like cancer is a bad thing. Like, <laughs> oh. And he's like, oh, you're a Libra. And I'm like, no, actually, I do not identify as a Libra. Um, And I've talked with an astrologist before who was like, oh, well, it depends not just on the date you were born, but like the location and the time. And so she like pulled out this like big stars mapping chart. And she's like, oh, you're actually a Leo. And I was like, now that I can get behind. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, that's a big difference, but yeah. There's a big difference. But you know what? Guess what? I was born on a full moon. You were? That's got to mean something. Yeah. 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 My youngest was born on a full moon and born in the call. So she was a home birth and she came out in the sack. Well, that is, that's special juju right there. That is. Yep. She's kind of like, we were told she's supposed to be, there's like all this, like they're called call bearers and it's like one in 800,000 births and like all this stuff. And like, so like, it's funny, you read about them and it's like, oh, they'll be able to like naturally find water and like know when the crops are ripe. And like, there's all this stuff. She's a little shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, all that stuff must be coming down the pipeline. Yeah, you, 
Oh, you, how old is she? Six. Oh yeah, you got you got. Yeah, but she's a fire sign. Like that kid is. She's gonna change the world. Where you just there? You got what? Where? When was she born? November twenty seventh. She's November. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm an Aries on a full moon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So hey. Um, hey. So. <laughs> Now that we've talked about all the woo-woo. Um, all right. So I have questions. Yes. Before we jump into the amygdala. So I just to give the listeners a little heads up. You know, I reached out and I was like, all right, I, one of the things I try and avoid as much as possible when I have somebody at your caliber, who's like just used to speaking, I like they're, you're just, you know, you could go on a stage right now in a minute's notice and give an hour long presentation, I'm assuming. So I like to kind of like take you out of those like pre, like this is what I've talked to most about. This is what most people want me on their podcast to talk about. And I was like, I'd actually love to talk about anything other than that, that you're on fire about. And you were like, I want to slay the amygdala. And I'm like, oh crap, what's the amygdala? (laughs) (laughs) That fear monger, it's the fear monger. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I have a lot of non-chiropractors who do listen to the podcast, although it's most, and then there's also students who maybe they're currently listening and people who've just, I've been in practice 11 years. So, you know, if I ask questions, uh, of course I know, cause I'm a doctor, I know what the amygdala is, but I'll just be playing the role of the person who doesn't know much about the brain today. Um, but how did you get into like, give me the, like the 411 on how you really got into studying the brain and like how you got into this point. Oh, okay. So, so truth be told, here's the deal. Um, now, okay. Should, should I be like one of those shows where you start at one point and then you go back and then you go forward again and back and confuse everybody? Or should I just, you can do that. I am all over that. The listeners are very used to trying to follow my stream of thought. Okay. Um, don't worry. I believe in them. They've got it. <laughs> okay. So here's the deal. I, I remember way back, way back. I've been in practice 30 years. Okay. But I swear I'm still 24, but that's not really the truth. So I remember it back in high school and my early, early college days. Um, when I was, when I was going to Fresno state, I remember I can still picture myself. I was talking to a, a teen gal in my practice yesterday about this. I can still picture myself in my bedroom at my parents' house and this tada thought in my head was like, I love my parents to death. I absolutely adore them. I would do anything for them, but they had a hard life because they grew up in Germany in world war two. And they saw horrific, horrific, horrific things that we can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they lost everything. They were put in camps after the war. I mean, they had a really tough life, but I remember how fearful they were of things. And I remember a couple, they, a couple, you know, the way they would be so afraid of, of money, of being poor all the time of anyway. And I remember thinking, I am not going to do that when I get older. I am not going to follow that pattern. So long story short, fast forward. Now what I know, I, what I know about this dang can we curse on this show? Yes, it's a curse-friendly show. It's okay. Okay, <laughs> about that that 
amygdala, that is your rate limiting factor in life. That is your fear monger. That is going to hold you back from being your authentic self. Because once we have an experience, it embeds, it's, it's part of our, what we call our limbic system, our emotional part of our brain. And we make every, as human beings, we make every decision in life coming from an emotional core. But now fast forward doing the work that I do and looking at from preconception care to prenatal care and how the thoughts, the reactions, the stress patterns, everything that we enter into this world with is hand-me-down from, it's called intergenerational inheritance. It's handed down through our DNA from our ancestors for up to 14 generations back. Oh, so that's a lot of generations. That's a lot of freaking generations. So you see where I'm going with more of my parents, what they went through. So that fear, that constant fear base of not being enough as a human being, Mm -hmm. never being enough, never having enough, never doing enough, never being enough. And it's, it's, it's patterning, right? But if we become mindful of that, if we can, we can break that pattern. That's the cool part, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody, nobody freak out. Nobody freak out. Nobody fear, but it's being mindful. It's being, being able to step back and look at these situations and say, why am I reacting to this situation in that way? Like, what is that core sense of fear? That's having me react that way. You with you with me? Absolutely. Okay. So for those of you out there that are students or in practice or not chiropractors, but in another profession or whatever, if you become mindful of the way you react to things, you can break that pattern and you can be freaking free. I didn't say the F word all the way. Yes. I saved it. <laughs> not yet. Anyway. But you can become mindful of this and you can say, you know what? That is not my baggage. That's not my baggage. Okay. You can care, but you don't have to carry other people's loads and stressors. And you can step back and say, you know what? That was the way so-and-so reacted or I was, my family grew up or I was taught, you know, there's a lot of people right now going through, um, healer burnout through oh. faith crisis mm-hmm. faith i mean this well what do you mean what do you mean by faith crisis um well particularly over this last year look we've all been through a shit storm right and we're still yeah, trying to has been strong the last year okay so basically everybody for the most part have been driven into their amygdala okay that that? Before we, okay explain what the amygdala is okay and its function in the body So the amygdala is your sense of fear and it reacts to your, to your environment. So if we perceive our environment as fear-based, it takes over. So does fight or flight? Yes. Does fight or flight stimulate the amygdala? Like, is there, is that the first or, or it's a gland, right? What is, no, what is it? It's it's a part of your brain. It's an area in the brain. So that is the very first step inside of our body of going into fight or flight, or is there like, yeah. Okay. So it drives us into fight, flight, freeze Mm -hmm. or fear. 
are we as human beings, think of an animal. If it feels threatened, its first response is to survive, right? Not to be eaten by the tiger or hunted down or whatever. Humans are the same thing. Our whole basis of existence is about survival. Mm -hmm. So that's how it serves us. Yep. Is it's kept us alive. Right. We'll do all like... So obviously a deer has an amygdala. Do you know that? Like, do we, we've got to know that, right? I mean, we, yeah. So, so as, but as a human, that sense of what is, the brain doesn't distinguish what's real and what's not. It has no idea. It doesn't know what's, what a real situation is, which, which versus a made up situation in our head. But we are pre-programmed via our ancestors' experiences to respond either in a calm way, a consciousness on a conscious level as humans, that what makes us conscious, what gives us consciousness, what makes us human and, and being able to feel and um, relate to others. That's the higher part of the brain. It's called the prefrontal cortex. It has to be engaged to keep the amygdala quiet. It shuts up the amygdala. So the prefrontal cortex is stronger than the amygdala so it's capable we want it to be we want it to be be. yeah it can be we want it to be and by the way for you chiropractors out there we do know that the chiropractic adjustment affects the prefrontal cortex just saying okay just saying so we want that dude that executive functioning part of the brain the ceo guy to be on board we want him on his job right right yeah So that when we get spun up about something, when we um, have an experience or even are thinking about something, we don't go back and fall back on that old memory pattern of something that happened to us in the past or happened to our parents or that's the way our parents reacted or our grandparents reacted. We can come from a whole brain perspective, we can have that executive functioning dude on board and saying, you know what? You fear monger, you amygdala, you negative nally, you bully dude of your brain. You shut the fuck up. It was inevitable. Sorry. Okay, (laughs) sorry. But you, you, this is not a real situation. You do not have to respond like you were programmed to respond. Are you with me? I am totally with you. Does the amygdala store memories? Well, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a brother and sister relationship with another part of the brain, another emotional part of the brain called the hippocampus. So those two dudes work together and, and the hippocampus stores the memory, you know? So, okay, all right, here's a snare. I, I grew up, not with a lot of money, right? My parent, okay, my parents worked really hard um, coming over here from another country and starting over and everything. So our mantra was, you are gonna have to work, 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 work. If you don't, you're a slacker. You're, you're not good enough, right? You're slacking off, right? Lazy. You, you know, oh my God, go on vacation. Are you kidding? That is so irresponsible. Um, you're, you're going to work, 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 but you're never going to have enough money because you just aren't. Okay. You see where I'm going? So I, you can live in that paradigm or you can say, wait a minute, 
I am, I, I can, I can work hard to go to school and make something of myself and to have a passion and so forth. And I don't have to kill myself and I don't have to be so scared of, of losing everything because otherwise you're just living in a constant fear state, right? Yeah. And like, so is it the consciousness? So like, okay, so I'm trying to think of like, so the prefrontal cortex has the capacity to tell the amygdala to shut, shut up. the fuck up. So when you have people, so let's just, let's just take, you know, a large group of people for the last year like, um, yes. yeah, who are very comfortable. They're not consciously aware that they are being, uh, their fear okay. is, yeah, exactly. Um, they're very, like, they don't want to be any different. They're continuing to consume the news like that as somehow their comfort zone, but they're living in this vibration of fear. The amygdala is just like, is their prefrontal cortex acting different? Yes, like, it's flipped off. It's flipped off. It's not engaged. That's exactly where we are now as humans. Most, so many of us, right? So, so here's the deal. Walk. So, okay, I'm going to use a couple examples. One, if you're like in practice or if you're in a business or something, my, one of my bad mantras was like, you know, as chiropractors, lots of times we get out and we were programmed to think that um, you have to see 556 million people a day. Otherwise you're not successful and you're going to go broke. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just throwing this out there. Okay. I'm, I'm coming from that place of heart of, of, Hey, I've been there, done that. Right. Okay. And so if you're not seeing that many, you're not successful. You're not going to have financial security, that whole freaking mantra in your head. Right. And then let's say, right now is a good example because I I was practicing California for 18 years and now I've been out in Idaho for over 12 years. But let's say you have a cluster of people moving away from you and a bunch of people dropping out of practice or COVID hits, okay? Or something like that. And you, let's say, have a lot of families say, I'm moving out of the area, I'm not coming in and everything. You can flip right into that emotional part of your brain because now you're going back to that patterning. Yeah, see? You know what? You are not good enough. You are going to go broke. You are going to have to work forever. You're, you see where I'm going with that? Oh, 1000%. Okay. Now what may, now you brought up consciousness. What is consciousness? What is, what makes us human? That is that prefrontal cortex, that executive functioning part of the brain that is being in living in a conscious, mindful state. So have you, okay. Pop quiz, ha, turning the tables on you. Pop quiz. Okay, ready? Don't stress. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever tried to be reasonable or rational in the middle of a heated argument with somebody like your spouse? I, yes. And I'm. Does that, does that work? No. No. <laughs> so here's an example of yesterday. I was very frustrated with my husband. We're we're not necessarily fighting, but we're going over a tip. And I had to go back to work. And I said, listen, I am very frustrated with you. I understand we have a difference of opinion. I have to go to work. And when I come home, we'll be fine. I love you, but I don't want to talk to you because I'm frustrated right now. So that's my, that's how I like, I'm like a toddler being like pointing a finger, being like, I am doing my best to be good, but I'm very angry. (laughs) 
And so if he would have tried to come back and try to reason with you at that time, what would have happened? Um, I probably would have been like, not what I want. Okay. So you're, in, you're stuck in that emotional part of your brain. The mm-hmm. amygdala is taken over. But you, ha- you, were, you were still consciously aware that if I don't leave, something worse is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I need to step away. You okay. also see my behavior. Like it was like, I could see you are acting irrational right now. Like I can say that about myself. Oh, he can't say it about me. No, but like, uh, exactly. Okay. You're kind of like feeling a lot of emotions right now. And that aren't really matching the, the severity of the situation. And so like, yes, there was this part of my brain that was observing me and going like, what's going on right now? Like you must be really stressed because you are blowing this way out of proportion, but you don't know how to like save your ego and going like, I'm sorry, this is ridiculous. So it was like, I'm just going to like walk you out of this gently. But see, that's what's so freaking cool. You, your adaptability in life, you are a healthy, that's where we need to be as, as loving, compassionate, conscious human beings. So, but if you can't walk yourself out of that and you get stuck in that fear monger, it takes over and you become paralyzed. You, you, let's say you have a fear of elevators or a fear of being successful or a fear of whatever you will avoid that, right? Mm -hmm. You would avoid it. But if you, if you have a, if you can bring that consciousness on board, you can say, wait a minute, I, I need to walk out of that situation. I think this over. I need to realize, okay, I don't need to say that. I don't need to be fearful of that. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try to get on an elevator and let's see how that experience feels. Oh, okay. I lived. It was, it was a little anxiety because that amygdala is anxiety. Amygdala equals anxiety. Okay. That was one of my questions is like, and is now, is the amygdala also depression or is that it can be, it can be PTSD, depression, everything. So think about where people have been back to where you were talking about, where have people been driven this last year? Fear, depression, isolation. So, so because that, that fear of if I walk outside and I look at somebody, I'm going to kill them or they're going to kill me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have kind of like half of the population that are going, wait a minute, um, you know, this doesn't have to be that way. Um, you can have some sense of reality. And, and, and then, but that half the population might look at the other half saying, what is wrong with you? You know, why are you, you're, you're not behaving um, in, in a rational manner, but you've got to understand that's, where they're living right now. That's where they're programmed. It's hard to get out of that. Yeah. And it, it, it is hard. So like, because, okay. So, okay. So if you're functioning from the amygdala, mostly your prefrontal cortex, which is like, is that more, your more logical self? Is that yeah, like re, your, your impulse control, your reasoning, your rational being, so, your social engagement yeah. skills, being able to engage with people on a human conscious level. Yep. And so like, it's one of those things where when you do look at the last year, um, it's, you know, we don't need to make a political standpoint of like, but 
things were not handled. They could have been handled very differently. And that's not to say that like, we're going like, oh, we shouldn't be taking this serious or not. It's none of that. It's just saying like a lot of the decisions, people are just like, wait, that doesn't make sense. And it's because, oh, well, because the people in charge are using the amygdala to make decisions instead of like, okay, so let's look at the stats. Let's figure out what is a logical conclusion from this. And like, yeah, but how do you get... So switch. So I think we have, you know, and and I think one of the messages is let's try to come from a place of love and compassion towards others in the brain. What's that? What does love and compassion live in the brain? Um, Love and compassion is when we can have a balance when all parts of the brain are engaged and on board and we're not driven into one, one, this fear monger, emotional limbic part of the brain and and we can we can be reasonable rational and come from and have and feel you know a lot of people can't feel love or a joy and it's very sad right now they can't feel those feelings because their their only thing they can feel is that that anxiety and that fear and and so forth Mm-hmm. And so like a boardroom of the brain where it's like, it's creating a space for it. Like, okay, amygdala, would you like to voice your concerns? Yes. Thank you. Okay, great. Now it's your turn to stop talking. And next, like, I will that's, exactly, that's exactly what we need to do. Mm-hmm. You, I call that the brain bully. And then you have a brain buddy. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when your brain bully, your amygdala starts taking over, you are not good you are less than, you're a failure. Um, if you walk outside, you're going to be dead. Um, those things, those negative nallies, that constant, you know, driving you into this dark space, when that starts to creep up, that's exactly what you need to do. You need to say, whoa, dude, all right, you've expressed yourself way too much over this last month or year or whatever. Yes. Okay, it's time for you to park it. All right. I need my brain buddy back on board. Okay, that's pretty much your prefrontal cortex. Okay, where's my reasonable brain buddy? Okay, all right. Now let's really take this over, Monica. So you had 10 families that are moving out of the state and you're not gonna go broke. You are not a failure. You are not less than. That doesn't mean you're gonna have to work till you're 95 and be half dead. That's not your reality. That was other people's reality or perceptions of you and your life. Mm-hmm. All right. This is your reality. Hey, yeah. All right. That might suck for a little while, but you know what? I, maybe it's a chance for my body to rest and reboot. And then, you know, reformulate your practice for lower, you know, there's ways to figure that. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Okay. Um, And and the same, you know, and and this, by the way, the cool thing about this is as as my life has evolved since this teen aha moment, like, and back then I didn't know that those parts of the brain and I didn't understand where this was coming from. Right. And now this is what I teach on, right. 30 fast forward 35 years later. The cool part is I, I truly believe that we, um, we go through experiences and we, at the time, they may not seem as 
blessings <laughs> or great experiences, but I think it's part of our learning and, and what maybe we have to um, be able to identify with and, and go through so that later on down the road, something falls into your plate or in, in place. The, in, for me, I consider it the information, the research, like I, you know, I'll be led to research something and it's just another piece to the puzzle for me. So I think we have to experience these things and see them as gifts eventually mm -hmm. in order to use that and those experiences to help others. And that's well, kind of what I want to do now. For us. Like, What's that? I, th I feel like, and sometimes those gifts, air quotes of like, you know, those shitty moments where you're like, okay, one day this is going to pay off. Um, it's also the realization that sometimes it doesn't pay off. It's not for us. It's not the gift that we're going to receive. It's going to be our next generation or, you know, like, okay. And as a parent, that is helpful for me of being like, you know, when I'm going through something and being like, okay, this really sucks, but I can go like, but what is my kid learning from this? What am I breaking in those 14 DNA lineages? And so Absolutely. And that's exactly, so you must be reading my mind because here's the deal. What this is really known as the neurobiology of disease now in the, in the last amygdala, like the fear, this, 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 this connection between the emotional limit, the amygdala and that prefrontal cortex. So in, in, especially in the neuropsychiatric realm, and then snarls, this is the two most areas that are studied in communication as far as um, long-term illnesses. So here's what I feel is so, this is where I feel ultimately as, as my, I don't know, my, my gift and my purpose, I guess, is to, um, to, to talk about this and be very open and help others to realize where they might be stuck in their amygdala so that they can break the, the chain like you are with your kids. Mm -hmm. and not pass it on because we know that um, this is a huge role in, in the prenatal period um, and the early years of life. So if we can help our kids um, break those chains and if we can break our chains ourselves, think of how we can spend the future generations. Like you freaking can change the neuropsychiatric realm of depression, anxiety, PTSD, um, you know, schizophrenia, a lot of these things. You, you, do you see how cool that oh is? Yes. Have, has there been any, uh, I'm sure there's been research like on people who are dealing with some of these long-term illnesses, severe mental health issues, is their amygdala bigger? Like, yes, yes, you got it. Yes. Shoot. Because, okay, okay, it's like a muscle grow bigger oh it's a muscle shoot no think of it it's 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 like a muscle so if if you're if you're a weightlifter wanting to go to the olympics okay and you're at the, you're not going to go to the gym once a week right you're going to go every and you're lifting heavy weight and you're making those muscles bigger 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 stronger that which we pay attention to that which we exercise gets bigger if our thoughts are constantly being driven to that brain bully mm -hmm. okay and we constantly are living in a state of fear and anxiety and this mantra in our head that becomes bigger. Wow. Like literally, literally they've done. Yes. 
can it get smaller? If we get our, if we can be conscious and mindful and, and bring that balance back. Can the pre-processed be bigger? Have they measured that? Like do other, does some people? Um, I haven't seen anything on that as Well, okay. The amygdala has actually been, it, it's like an almond shaped place in the brain. It's like an almond. Okay. We have one on the right and one on the left. Um, so they've actually been able to see that get better, get bigger where they've seen circuits, circuitry um, connections in the prefrontal cortex weaker, not okay. necessarily the volume wise getting bigger or stronger. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my message, I think I want that after all this craziness, hopefully you guys followed us. I know it's kind of, no, anyway, <laughs> is take some time and, and sometimes, um, Silence is, you hear the most in silence, in times of silence. You know, they say silence is golden, but, but have some time to yourself. And um, especially after this year, have some time to yourself. Try to um, get back to your, what I say, authentic self. We all got flaws, right? Ain't, ain't nobody going to be perfect. <laughs> and, and by the way, you guys, if, if you are younger in practice or what anybody out there, if if anybody ever tells you that they've never made a mistake or that they've got all the answers, they're lying to you because well, you we know what is like, nobody goes around saying that, but they sure as heck act it. Like it's one of kind of my number one goals with the podcast of being like, is like being incredibly vulnerable and sharing like, Oh, this is what, this is where I messed up. This is like what I would have done differently. But like, yeah, I think we have way too many people in our profession and others who aren't saying they'll say like, oh, I've made lots of mistakes. I'm never going to let you know about any of them because I'm perfect. <laughs> Don't worry. Right now I'm perfect. In my past, I made lots of mistakes, but right now I'm perfect. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I, and I think if you take that time and step back and you say, okay, you know, we've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. Um, and when, and when we first, at least for me, when I was first in practice, I thought I had amazing mentors and, and I've been so blessed and so lucky, but I thought that this, from what I was told or, or what I, what I even interpret by watching other practices or whatever, I thought in my head, this was right or wrong, or this was the way to do it. If you don't do that, well, you're not successful. And you, you know, and, and so I made this, this reality of this is how it's supposed to be. And this is what successful is when maybe that's not right for everybody. Find your own success, your own way of doing things, your own way of expressing yourself. Um, don't be afraid to say, I love you, mentor A and mentor B or mom and dad. I love you, but that doesn't fit my model. I, I, it, I it's, it's too restricting for me. I need to, I don't have to. Thank you. I'm not judging it, but that doesn't serve me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I have a question about fear. Uh, it's so funny. Like, do you tell people that like you study fear? Like I, what I picture is like you, have you heard of Brene Brown? Yeah. 
Okay. So like Brene Brown is like very open about the fact that like she will just shut down a room when she says like, oh, I'm a shame researcher. So like you go around being like, oh, I researched the amygdala, the part of your brain that's fear. I'm sure people are just like, don't talk to me. Don't analyze <laughs> me. But my question about fear is, okay, so I understand the... I mean, I kind of understand like the fear of dying, the fear of being like not having enough money, the fear of getting a disease that kills you. I understand those fears that are like, oh, I'm unlovable. I'm unworthy. What the heck is up with the fears of money? The fear of having, you know, like we're, because you said it earlier in the thing. And like, I've heard lots of people say like, you're self-sabotaging yourself. So whether it's around losing weight, if someone wants to they like, okay, for health reasons, I would like to lose 50 pounds and they lose 30 and they're like, and then all of a sudden what happens, they start self-sabotaging because they're afraid of getting actually what they've asked for. What yeah. is that? Well, sometimes it goes back to um, because wherever we got this, wherever we got this false message from, let's, let's take, um, we can do money or weight. Let's say, um, let's say it's weight and let's say maybe your mom or sister or aunt or somebody that you identified with or so forth, they were unable to lose weight or overweight and you all of a sudden start losing weight and you subconsciously, this is a subconscious thing, right? You're afraid of showing them up or um, being better than them or uh, they won't love you anymore or you see what I'm saying? You do. Okay. We sometimes are afraid of being successful because our belief system in a subconscious way has taught us that that's not what we're supposed to be. Like I'm supposed to work 90 hours a week till I'm 91 years old and still be poor. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like um, you, if you are going to become something vastly different than you are, whether it's financially healthier, whatever, um, your subconscious thinks it will have to let go of a certain reality and identity. And like, if you identify this way, like, so with money, um, it's like, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, it's like, okay, if I all of a sudden become a millionaire, I, I don't know that my friends will like me as much anymore. And will my, uh, will I have to work? Like, so if I work 40 hours a week now to make $200,000, will I have to work like a hundred thousand hours a week in order to make that? And then will my marriage change? And then will I still be as happy? Will I still be able to spend time with my kids? And so is all of that happening on that subconscious level of like you a different human and you kind of like some of these stuff parts of you. Absolutely. And, and also if, if I, if I didn't follow the path that my parents said were, was reality, I, that means I disobeyed them. That means maybe they won't love me as much, or maybe it's, I don't love them because I'm not following that rule. Are you with me? I am. 
and it is my favorite thing that's come out of your mouth. Um, like, so it's kind of the same thing. Back backtracking, you talked about we talked about faith crisis. Um, so a lot of people that have been raised in certain um, religious beliefs might say that paradigm isn't, it, it's not resonating with me. It's something is, is, you know, but if I, if I don't continue in that paradigm, then I am disappointing my, my parents, my brother, my sister, my aunts, my grandmas, whatever. Okay. Um, I have disappointed them. Does that mean I really don't love them because I'm disappointing them. Are they not going to love me? Uh, see what I'm well, saying? Holistic thinking, right? Which is like this whole other thing where it's like, if I do this differently and I'm successful, then that means I was right. And then that means they, my parents were wrong. Yes. And you don't want your parents to be wrong, right? Correct? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see? And so... You know, maybe let's say getting healthy. Maybe your mom, your whole life, your mom has struggled or recently your mom or dad or whatever has struggled with health issues. All right. And you are like, I I don't want to, I I don't want to be like that. So you change your tune and you get healthy and they, they're, they're declining. So what's, it's that mismatch Mm -hmm. of, I love them, but am I, do I maybe not because I'm doing something totally different and I am now healthier than they are, or I'm happier than they are. So it's always a struggle. So, you know, it, 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 it it hasn't been easy for me. It's not, I'm freaking not perfect on this whole thing. I, on a regular basis have to check in and make sure my ego is not taking over and make sure I'm coming from the right place. But I have to constantly check in. Like, why are you acting? like? Why are you reacting like that? Why am I reacting to a situation that way? Because I, if I'm reacting less than coming from a place of compassion and love and forgiveness, if I'm not coming from that place, I feel gross inside. Yep. Okay. All right. And I don't like to live like that. Right. Fear and anger are, are, are they will kill you. And, and so when does, I'm feeling that, what's does, that? Does anger come from the amygdala too? It can, yeah. It's your rage, dude. Okay. All right. So if I'm coming from that place, I have to take a freaking time out. I put myself in timeout. Monica, you're in timeout. You are, and stay off of social media because frick, you'll go in there every, you'll, you'll be in that place every day, right? So I put myself in timeout and I have a little come to Jesus meeting with myself and like, what, what is driving you to react in this way? And I have to boil it down and pare it back and peel back the onion layers and go, all right. All right. And that's not very becoming of you, girlfriend. So what do I need to get rid of? What, what baggage, what, where am I, you know, what I've had, where have I been driven back down to in my amygdala? Mm-hmm. All right. And I have to say, wait a minute, that's not authentically who I am or flaw authentically who I am. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I have flaws, but I try to be authentic. So I, I have to have a come to Jesus meeting with myself and get myself back into reality, meditate, walk in nature, work at, that will bring that prefrontal cortex back on board. Okay. That'll bring that, that brain buddy back on board. You can be more reasonable and say, wait a minute. All right. You're going back into your old pattern. You're that teen standing in your old bedroom. Okay. And it's, the, you know, it's that road that diverges, right? You can choose one or the other, whatever that saying is. Right. Okay. And I remember now, Oh my God, now I'm talking to you. I remember having that saying on, you guys might not remember peachy folders. I'm uh, old. Anyway, yeah, you're, you're going out. Ah. But I remember having that saying written on there. And so when I, when I get out of control, I take myself back and I, I see myself standing there like in my teen years. And I remember that saying, and I'm like, okay, you're going down this path. That's not reality. Let's bring you back. And, you know, let's regroup. Um, and try to live as consciously, lovingly, whole brain. It's not that you don't poo-poo your feelings because you have to acknowledge them mm -hmm. and 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 pay attention to them and and um, you know again acknowledge them. And I say, you know, a lot of docs that I mentor, I say, you know, I give yourself a twenty-four hour pity party. It's okay. Cause we all got to be there once in a while. Right. But then after that, you know, let's maybe let's go for a walk. Let's do something. And then let's figure out why you got driven there and how are you going to change the circumstance? And that's what's living conscious is about. How, I mean, you have done, this has got to be like years and years of self work and brain yeah. work. How, where do you start Hmm. it's a friend or family member or practice member that is like all of this stuff they would just look at you and go you're crazy what are you like they're just so like living inside this little box um of not thinking about like okay why the idea that they would even go like hmm what triggered me and what can I do about that where do you meet them where do you start this conversation with like cracking them open to like there is you're on autopilot, turn on your consciousness, like, and start like being consciously living. Cause you can't yell that at them. Cause they're going to be like, you crazy girl. <laughs> cray, cray. That's a great question. And for those of you that are healthcare providers in, in 30 plus years in the healthcare field, those individuals that you work with that are the hardest to help heal are those that will not recognize this. Yeah. So I have, I have built a, I, I should, I don't want to take credit for my practice. I, I think I track those individuals that are most of the time ready to look at, take a look at that a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm quite forthcoming with people that are, I can't repeat offenders. You know, they're just like, you fix me, you fix me, you fix me. And I, and I just have a come to Jesus meeting with them in a nice way. Yeah. But I explain that healing comes from many aspects and it is, you know, chemical, physical, emotional trauma, toxins, thoughts, technologies, you know, um, and that I can, you know, I, I will, I am your guide. I can be your guide up the mountain 
because it's a mountain and sometimes you slip back a little bit, but I'll be, I'll kind of be like your safety rope, right. To help you. But you have to also be willing to start climbing the mountain, even if it's one foot at a time and look at these ugly rocks that might appear boulders as you're going up that mountain. Um, and I also work with other practitioners in, in my area that do help with the mindfulness and so forth. Um, but it is, you know, back when I was naive on this whole thing and, and, and started reading books and, you know, all this, I thought, oh my God, okay, I conquered one level. Yes, I'm there. I got this, man. I, I, I just hucked a bunch of shit. I slayed my amygdala. I'm good. And when you know, you know, like a month or a year later, you're like, hey, guess what? Next level. Yeah, I've had that. I have had that for sure. Where you're like, oh my gosh, I think that I have healed through my body image just more like and then like the next month like the most shame I've experienced in an entire year just off the day you're like what I did all that work for what but there's a couple good books that I recommend for my for my practice members and friends and stuff um the body keeps score is one of them um when the body says no that's a, I bought that book. That's a hard book to read. That is dense. Um, I, so I love to read neuroscience and neurodevelopment and nerdy stuff like that. So I do really better on those kind of things on audible actually. Oh, I can see that. Mm-hmm. And I can walk. I'm a big nature person. Um, we have a th- nature deficit disorder these days. We need, you know, nature is very healing. <clears throat> so, but I recommend that if you, if you're do, the other one that is really good is, I think it's called the Serenity Code. It's a newer book and it touches on stuff that's happened over this year because, uh, you know, face it, I, I've been dri- driven more into my amygdala this year. I, everybody has, right? Um, so you kind of have to be in the right mindset to receive the information. Yeah, so that's, that's the you thing. Might not wanna, you might not want to start on those or listen to those. Like if you were just in an argument with somebody or you just listen to the news or whatever. Don't listen to the news, guys. Just this, the news is just. I know. I think I woke up my mom about um, the news because we don't watch the news in our house. Like I get the, the important information gets through. I hear we're in a pandemic. Yeah. Um, yeah we get the highlights but we were down visiting them and um like at night and my kids are around like that you know to me like that adds more like oh my god don't expose it and they turn on the nightly news and i'm like oh no no no. can we watch something different like and they're like what what we watch the news every night i'm like every night are you crazy like and i feel like my at first she had no idea, like, you don't watch the news. And now I feel like she's like, yeah, it's like real negative. And I'm like, yeah, it like hurts to listen to. Mm-hmm. It hurts to like, just like, ugh. So it's just, it's gross. It's really gross. Yeah. yeah. So, so we need to be, you know, and, and that's, and that's, I think a lot of what we're going to, we need to be conscious of over this as you know, what I, one of the things I'm worried about is, you know how when you've been under a, a significant stressor, somebody in the family is sick or passes away or like you get through that period of time and you go like, oh man, I can't believe how well my body held up. Uh-huh. Like, 
Well, and then, you know, a month later or whatever, it's boom. Yes. And, and, and so that's, that's kind of what I'm afraid of here. And the other thing we have to be mindful of is just like growing up, we, if you've been listening to that, the instructions in the news significantly over however many months now, um, your brain has created some form of reality, whatever that is for you, okay? And when things shift again and you're not hearing what we should and shouldn't do every night, like, you, are you with me? It, it's not being said every night and all of a sudden that might be pulled away. Mm-hmm. Some people won't know what to do. Yeah, because they're not they're not having it confirmed by oh man an outside sort right you with me yes i never even thought about so that my concern is so it's just like growing up you know if your parents are giving you what's right what's wrong what's right what's wrong all the time and then you're out on your own you're like oh what's right what's wrong how and it creates anxiety right okay what if i make this decision am i letting my parents down because what would they say what's right what's wrong but this is a decision i really want to make but it creates anxiety because nobody is telling me what's right or what's wrong anymore okay you're so my brain easily goes to conspiracy theories i almost have to like avoid them because my brain is too easily like hooked in but like Okay, so you bring this up of like every night we've tuned in to go like, okay, is it safe to get together with friends yet? No, no, not yet. Okay, 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 okay. And this, I I am very, I don't like shaming or judging. So like, no, I don't want, no, 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 no. Receiving or who's actually doing this. Okay, and then we tune in of like, okay, we're allowed to get together at 25% capacity, six people indoor and this and that. And there's like all these rules, but it is easy for my brain to go, oh my gosh, yeah. What are people going to do? when that's not there but who says that the government wants that to not be there like it's a very wonderful position of like great now you're just looking to us on a daily basis to go like what you should do with your businesses what you should do with your grandparents what you should do with your health what you should do with like your girl like how you should shop how you should move and it's like oh that's you're right that's real creepy we're going to so when, when the rug is pulled out, I, I am concerned. And again, I, I understanding, I think one of the two things here, I think we have to come from a place of compassion and love of like, you know, this, whoever we, we have 10 people in the room. Those are all their own individualized realities. And so we have to understand that. Okay. And no shaming, no bullying, no, none of that. Okay. Please. None of that. I don't want that to be. My concern is because it can shift us again, right into that fear monger and anxiety and depression and PTSD. And, and then from a physiological standpoint, your hormones will be off. Your blood sugar is off your neurotransmitter, your brain chemicals, everything gets dysregulated. That is the basis of disease. Mm -hmm. So my concern is when this gets pulled out, like, are we going to have a lot of people? We've seen the suicide rates and we've seen these things skyrocket. 
you know, what, what, that's, what's going to happen there. What, what with me? Yeah. Well, and I mean, it comes from both sides of, like I said, where I don't even allow myself. That is something I've trained because my big amygdala will happily go like, Oh, oh. conspiracy. And I have to go like, no, 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 no. I have to believe that people are good and like compassion, but I see people on both sides. So we've talked a lot about right. like, fear of the disease you've there's a whole group of people who are like probably their amygdala is driving them from a like a different a different thing in this of like you're trying to take all of my control and it's like oh both of you just okay because in either side i know the viewers can't see this but in either side it's like you're fighting fire with fire because the front this is this is a little hand puppet of the brain the amygdala is in here this dude right here this is your prefrontal cortex. This guy puts the brakes on here. Hey, this is not your reality. So everybody's walking around like this, both, both prefrontal cortex is flipped off and they're facing each other amygdala and amygdala. Whatever your belief system is, it doesn't matter. You with me? So, so nothing can get accomplished because I believe this and we make, back to the first thing I was talking about, we make every decision in life based on our emotions. Why do you think realtors say, don't get, especially now, right? <laughs> With the real estate market, don't get emotionally attached to a house because what sells the house? You get emotionally, you walk into this house and you go, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. And I can see my couch there and my, my kid's bedroom there and oh, this happy family. And I've created this emotional attachment to the house and that's, that'll sell me. I would, it's $50,000 over my budget, but I have this emotional feeling to this house. So I'm going to go for it anyway. We, we're, we do things based on our emotion. So when you have both sides, what three sides, I don't know, different paradigms of view where they can only attach to that emotional thread, you can't accomplish things because nobody now is being reasonable, rational, controlling their impulses, being able to listen and be human and, and say, ah, I understand your point of view. Okay, I know that we 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 need to address that. You know, we how can we address this together? You know, as as a team, as a society. So there you have the amygdala. Oh my gosh! Um, one last question. It might yes. be. Um, so you talked about okay. So you've mentioned multiple things of like activating the prefrontal cortex um mindfulness versus meditation are they the same mindfulness meditation yoga plus anything that makes you have to feel your body okay that makes you have to like so like i do pilates right now type of thing because i do pilates work because i have to focus i have to mentally focus and engage my prefrontal cortex that's going to that's going to engage my muscles and where I am in space and how to move properly doing X, Y, Z exercise. So anything where, where you can feel your, even if you start with, I just want to feel my feet on the floor. What is it? What do my feet feel like on the floor and get in back into your body? Um, and feel an adjustment. You said chiropractic. Oh, well, of course, chiropractic, because chiropractic care, um, our dear, my dear friend, and uh, in my eyes, the um, 
the, the most profound researcher, neuroscience scientist researcher in our field is Dr. Heidi Harvick out of New Zealand. And um, we, are, we are very good friends and we teach together. So she's, uh, I, I guess I, I do have to give her some credit for a, even um, expounding on my, my amygdala um, connection. Um, so she has shown that the, the chiropractic adjustment affects how we process our world and it helps, it, it, it's in the prefrontal cortex that we see that um, that uh, stimulus after the adjustment. Really? So, yeah. Awesome. Scientifically yeah. proven. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and innately we knew it, but it's. Yeah. You know. So then I like to advocate things on top of that to keep that on board. There's this thing, another thing that I've gotten uh, people make give me a joke about is, is the vagus nerve. Oh yeah. So I've been talking about that for over, over, close to 20 years now. So people used to make fun of me. Oh, burger. She loves that vagus nerve. She, she can talk about the vagus nerve again. And now it's like the big thing in all health paradigms. So that, that prefrontal cortex basically is helping the regulation of that nerve, that, that calm. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up because I probably would have had that question later of like, well, wait a minute, how does the vagus nerve fit into all this? So prefrontal cortex first stimulates vagus nerve it, it all yeah, that's where the vagus nerve is housed so to speak so it brings us on board so i like to tell people okay i know it's painful i know it's hard to look in the mirror and say oh ah this is this is something that's programmed in me how do i deal with this how you know Maybe I'm not what people said I was all along, meaning I am okay. I'm like, I, I can be successful and that really isn't gonna let people down. I'm not flaunting myself, you know what I mean? I, I can, you know, so it's just, it's recognizing one little pebble at a time, I think, and just saying, okay, I'm gonna work on this pebble and crush it, you know, and so, eating healthy, being more vibrant, getting adjusted, being out in nature, doing meditate, whatever your bag of chips is, whatever resonates with you, journaling, you know, but just start a little bit at a time and, and but be willing to look at your flawthenticity. Yep. At the dirty stuff. At the dirty stuff. But if you look at the dirty stuff, you know, you can polish a stone, right? Yeah. Heck yeah. You become such a shinier human. You know, you're willing to, and if you're willing to say like, you know, yeah, I, I've been, I haven't been stellar in some situations, but I do, I try to learn from it. And I go back to the, my core. What is that little girl saying that was programmed? And that's why I reacted to a situation that I, that wasn't, didn't really have to be my reality. Mm -hmm. Didn't have to. So. Oh, thank you so much. Can you please tell people where, well, first of all, what are you reading right now? I know you said, I know I, I also know I said, I gave you one more question, but I think I've asked three more since then. So uh, you, you, know, reading right now? you don't want to see my office right now. I, I have in the last several years, I have, um, transitioned more out of books into research. So neuroscience, neurodevelopment, neuropsychiatry, 
um, neurophysiology. So I love pulling down research on all this and seeing how it all fits together. Okay. Can I say one more thing? Just one more and then I'll shut up. You're going to have a timeline. <laughs> yeah. okay. okay. Here's the cool dealy wop. Couple cool dealy wops. They, they've shown that about a third of women that during their childbirth experience have experience of PTSD, a traumatic experience around the birth process. Okay. And especially during this last year, even more so. So postpartum depression oftentimes may not be postpartum depression. It's actually more of a PTSD response. Oh, okay. Because PTSD, think you're, you're, you're driven into that amygdala. So now your whole neurochemistry is off. Your hormones are going to be off. Your blood sugar is going to be off. Your brain chemicals called neurotransmitters, all that gets dysregulated. Okay. All right. So that's step number one is, is we need to be mindful of that, but you want to hear something freaking fun. Yes. There was another recent report that came out in the last couple of months and and, and, in a neuroscience journal that said they did a study on police officers and they said that those that had increased resiliency, they used the word resiliency in this paper. They had increased resiliency in that prefrontal cortex prior to the trauma. They did not end up with PTSD. So let's break that into bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. If they had increased resiliency of the prefrontal cortex, a stronger working prefrontal cortex. And how did they measure that? Um, they looked at neural circuitry. They did fMRIs. Okay. Like literally there are more connections or stronger connections. Yes. Yeah, so it wasn't like they answered a survey. How stressed do you feel? Yeah. Okay. If they were exposed traumatic, to a traumatic event as a police officer, they did not experience long term, a PTSD event. So here's the moral of the story. If we raise our, think about it. If you raise your kiddos, if you break the cycle and you're, you're doing this already because you did that yesterday when, or this morning, whenever that little tidbit with your husband was, okay. You were able to consciously tap into your prefrontal cortex and say, okay, amygdala, you didn't know you were doing this, but you were, okay. You shut up. I need to leave the situation so that I don't respond in an appropriate manner, which I might regret for a long time. And I'm going to decompress and then I'm going to come back as a whole human being, right? Mm -hmm. If we can do that, you are breaking this intergenerational hand-me-down for generations to come. So if we can get this message out and, and just take those last two papers I talked about, about back at this, the one paper that showed that women from a childbirth experience, a third of them experienced a PTSD paradigm. That was in 2010. Fast forward to this last year, which have, we, have, we have some research papers coming out showing that's massively increased. Okay. And then you mirror that paper with the one that said, if there was increased resiliency, a stronger working, higher executive functioning prefrontal cortex. They didn't experience a PTSD thing. 
Think about how we can help educate and lay the foundation for generations to come. I mean, it completely changed the goals of uh, prenatal chiropractic. (laughs) Like, you know, like, and that's where it's so hard where it's like, I don't know how to just drop that into my patients of like, yep, we're going to be aligning the pelvis. So optimal birthing outcomes. And also I'm going to be give you more prefrontal cortex resiliency. So you're less likely to experience a traumatic birth and therefore less likely to have postpartum depression. They're going to be like, girl, you can open a crack pipe or something. They're like, no, there's research that proves it. But that's, but Heidi and I just did finish a six week mentorship program. And that's what we did for chiropractors. We taught them how to come from what we call brain-based chiropractic model and how to exactly do that in practice. So we can can pivot, we can pivot the conversation and pivot our practices from pain to brain. Oh my God. And I do that in my developing minds program too. I think you know about that. Our developing minds program. That's exactly where I come from, from preconception care and all of this stuff through early adolescence or late adolescence, early adulthood. And if we can just, if we can just tweak a few pebbles, right? How do other professions receive this research? Well, funny thing is, is I'm weird. And so I'm, I read from all these other different um, fields, right? From neurodevelopment field and neuroscience and, and neurophysiology and neuropsychiatry. And then I marry them all together because for me, the underlying message is always well of course that makes sense for a chiropractor right it, it, uh, yeah, chiropractor, chiropractor, oh, yeah. Know it, right? Uh-huh. But, but the funny thing is is um a few weeks ago i was at a conference and it was a multidisciplinary conference i was the only chiropractor only they were all mds and researchers okay and i was speaking there and i've gotten several calls and messages after that ask from other professionals other fields saying we need you on our team we want to talk to you we want you to do webinars we want because if we if we understand and i don't i don't expect people to be you know up at two in the morning reading a paper that i just totally fall in love with and go oh my god this is amazing you know i like to break i like to break it down and 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 paraphrase it this is how we use it you know this is how we use it okay sorry i had to get that out sorry guys um, but if we can make inroads with these other groups, they, they want to hear what we have to say. And they were very intrigued. They were like, oh my gosh, I, I, what chiropractic is about the nervous system and the brain. I'm like, yeah, but I, I pulled all this other research together and presented this. It was at an, it was an immunity at a natural immunity conference. Um, so I think I'm very hopeful. And, and with the research we have going on, I think if, I think we have, I think that this whole crap storm really can help us shine the light and be the light, the truth and the hope for future. And I think we can really be heard by other professionals. And I'm, I'm working on that on behind the scenes. Um, so I, I think we, I know that, uh, we, we are going to be okay. And we're going to come out of this with a new perspective for others. I love that. And I believe you, I love um, your, your passion and like your knowledge and yeah, it's, yep. You, I believe you. So, so 
that's what we have to believe in. Okay. Yeah. Tell people where to find more of you. Cause you said it's not on social media. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm on social media only cause, but I don't post any, uh, yeah, I want to, I want to try to lift the world up. So I have two teaching programs. One is called developing minds. Um, and our mission in that program is to prevent dis-ease in the unborn child, to promote optimal development for the newborn and create a, a life of optimal wellness for all. That's our mission. And that's developing minds. You can go to Dev Minds You, D-E-V-M-I-N-D-S-U.com. And I also have a program that's a little, a lot less intense. Um, and that is called Intersect for Life. Um, so yeah, that's me. Awesome. All right, She Slayers. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Um, thank you again so much, Dr. Monica. You, you are amazing, by the way. You're beautiful. If you guys haven't seen her, she's gorgeous. She's oh. so great. No, you know, I'm all over social media, so they've seen enough of me. They're like, yeah, we've seen you glow. You're beautiful. <laughs> all right, this is where I awkwardly go, like, oh, compliments. I'm running away. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so we're gonna end this now before she says any more nice things. No, no, thank you. So, all right, she slayers. Until next week. Bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients, plus they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.